All right, hey everyone, welcome back to Deep Pod. So today we have another special episode. We're trying out a new topic. Today's uh, topic, well, I'll introduce it soon after I introduce who's on here right now. So say hello, guys. Hi. Yo, yo, yo. Hi. So so we have a Toaf and we have Genji. We have Agape in today. Yo, yo. And uh, our topic is, why do people at Grace Point dot, dot, dot. All right. So I asked these guys to kind of think about like when they think about our church, like or like when they I guess when they either like came or um, things that they were kind of surprised about or maybe they weren't personally surprised about it. But maybe these are questions they've gotten before. Like, hey, why do people at our church blank? You know, and uh, so they they came up with some. All right. And so we're going to just we're just going to go through these and see how uh, how you guys will talk about it and how, how kind of we understand these things at our church. So. The first one that I have here, all right, I think this was submitted by Agape. Wait, was this Agape? No. No, it was not me. Uh, who, who, who was this? I think oh, it was Toph. Oh, yeah. this is Toph? Oh, yeah. So it says, uh, why do um, people at Grace Point drive minivans? They're mm. expensive and they don't look great. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally what it's I think they look nice. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, yeah, who says they don't look nice? <laughs> I guess it's just me. <laughs> just Toph. Come on, Toph. Yeah, but so why did you why did you write this one? Yeah, so um, I mentioned in a prior pod, but I joined our church in college when I was at UCLA, and I just noticed right off the bat that most of the staff mentors um, for the fellowship at UCLA drove Honda Odysseys or Toyota Siennas, um, and I just thought that that was interesting that. Yeah, like everyone drove those cars. And I think at the time, not a lot of people had kids either. So it wasn't that they were like, you know, getting it to drive their kids to school necessarily. So I just thought it was interesting that people drove minivans. Um, yes. Yeah. So it's, it's the combination of um, people who are like either single or, you know, even if they're married, they don't have kids yet. And then mm-hmm. yet they drive a minivan and it's sort of like, and then it seems to be common too. It's not just like one or two people, but like a right. lot of the people in the church. And like we, sometimes we joke about how like, when we go on trips, it looks like a Honda commercial or something. It's like a caravan of Honda Odysseys. I remember there was this one Zion trip that I led with All Coin back in like 2019, I think. Genji's, uh, your, your guys' senior year. And um, and then um, there was like, I think there were like 80 people on that trip. And so there were like wow. a lot of cars and they were like all Honda Odysseys. It was amazing. <laughs> I'm doing like, my math right. That should be 10. Yeah, I think it was at least 10. It was at least 10. No, it was more than 10 because we didn't fit eight people in a car. I think it was like six per car or something. Because it was like, you know, it was like a 13 to 15 hour drives one way. So, so yeah, we'd pull into the gas stations and stuff and it's just like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. And then, and then actually even recently, because, you know, I drive a, a Chrysler Pacifica. So, you know, I'm so different because, you know, I don't have a Honda Odyssey. But anyways, um, so I was at this uh, a training for the Send Network. And, you know, one of the guys after we were like, we're coming out to the parking lot and then we're all going to our cars. And then I like opened up my Chrysler Pacifica and he's like, what? You drive a minivan? And then this is like, this is like, I mean, he's like, a fa- you know, a dad of three, too. And I'm a dad of two. And, and then he, and still he was surprised that I drive a minivan, which I'm like. Maybe you should drive a minivan. But <laughs> <laughs> it's getting tight in that sedan back there. So. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I mean, we, we make fun of this. But um, so I don't even know how to answer this. But anyways, do you, any of you guys have any, uh, like, thoughts on this? Like, what, so why, why is that the case, I guess, at our church? Yeah, so I think one thing that you actually mentioned um, about it when you mentioned about the uh, field trip story where we had, like, the 
um, entourage of, of minivans pull up into the into the um, gas station. I think that's one thing I started started to get me thinking about this a little bit more when I was in college. I was actually going on long trips. And it's actually just a lot more comfortable going on a long trip in a minivan than in like a sedan or something. Like, and you can fit more people in the car too. So each car, like one of the trips I went on, we took a trip to um, Utah. It's like a 10 hour drive or something, but each car had like eight people. So it felt pretty popping in the car. Like you can kind of talk with like eight different people on the way. And there's a lot of cool things I learned about people on the way there, but I can imagine being in a smaller car, it would have been a little bit harder to like kind of facilitate that or feel as like, you know, full and as, as exciting and stuff. But also, th- I guess, too, because those larger trips, like DP just mentioned, like if we're taking like 60 people to, to a place, um, it's a lot easier to do that if you have minivans as opposed to like sedans. That's like, you know, potentially double the amount of cars if we all drove sedans or something like that. So in terms of like transporting a lot of people um, and the fact that we do like a ministry that involves like on bigger campuses, especially like we're potentially meeting more people. I, f- I felt like yeah, minivans like kind of made sense in that sense, like a bit more optimal. Mm, yeah. So I think, I think it is a pr- just a practical choice for a lot of people because a lot of people at our church are involved in, you know, doing ministry and especially if you're in college ministry, you're often giving people rides and things like that. And pretty soon we always run up against like, especially in a church plant, we run up against the, Oh, mm-hmm. like, Oh, we don't have enough spots issue. Right? <laughs> and so I think that like often motivates people to, to get bigger cars and things like that. And yeah, it, it, it's kind of funny though, talking, talk to, talking to this group, I was just thinking, cause you guys are like defending the minivan, but then none of y'all drive one. So <laughs> I used to have one. I used to have one. Oh yeah. Agape oh, yeah, used to have used one. one. Yeah. yeah. Actually minivans for, were for a long time, my dream car, <laughs> just, just practically speaking, like, just more yeah. room. Well, you're weird. More seats. So. Seats. Yeah, I, I am weird. Yeah, yeah. I also, you know, want to be a dad. And, you know, mm. <laughs> oh, you just equated dad with minivan. <laughs> well, my my dream car was a, a BMW uh, 335xi. So it was Damn. not a it was not a BMW or it was not a minivan. <laughs> <laughs> so my first car out of college, yeah, was a uh, was a Kia Optima. I love that love that car. It just recently got totaled in Chicago, but um, mm. yeah, so. And Genji just, you know, Honestly, just, yeah, she just I, went straight for the truck. So yeah. Oh no, I had a minivan. I had a Toyota Sienna. 20, oh, you did. 2010. Oh, 2010. Oh, oh wow. Sienna. My parents, oh. my parents drove across the country and gave it to me. Oh my wow. goodness, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I told them the price that it would cost to ship the car across, and they were like, "What? Like fifteen hundred dollars? We'll just drive to you." And then I was like. Wait, are you serious? Like, you're, you're just gonna, <laughs> they, so they drove across the country and wow. they were so paranoid about like not running out of gas that they actually strapped this like gas tank, like a, like a big plastic jug of gas <laughs> inside their trunk. Whoa. And so when they showed up, it was in there and they had all these ties tying it together so that it wouldn't spill. Wow. I was like, what? What is this? <laughs> wow. Where did that, what happened to that car? Oh, I sold it. I sold it when oh. I moved to to Philly. Oh, and they needed a the truck, truck out there, so oh, I bought a truck. I and I sold oh, that. I see. I see. Oh, so you had a minivan before? Oh, I didn't know that. Dang. Okay, I stand corrected. Actually, two out of the three I'm looking at. <laughs> but Toph here has a never bought a minivan. Or yeah. What do you have? One. Like a Honda Civic. Or Honda something? Civic. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, that's cool, man. Good gas mileage. Love yeah. that MPG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. All right. Well, um, anything else to say about this topic before we move on? I guess for me, I mean, I'm from New York, so I was just surprised everybody drove. (laughs) What? You all have licenses? You're just on a different level. (laughs) Actually, that is interesting because I grew up without a car, so I had a similar experience kind of, but I guess I knew that most people drive, at least in California, Mm. but I was just like, wow, it's nice that people drive. It's like not the case. It's like increasingly the case that people don't 
like people come into college not really driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I feel like Gen, uh, what is it like Gen Z and y- younger, they're not really into driving for some reason compared to previous mm. generations, at least from my experience. But yeah, kind of interesting. All right. Okay. Well, let's move on. Um, let's move on to the second one. Um, this one says, why do people at Grace Point all have Max? Mm. Mm. That's interesting. Is that even true? Does everyone have Max? Uh, everyone in our Chicago church staff team does, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's that's true. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Giselle hmm. has a Windows. Oh, she does. That's it. No, that's her work laptop. Oh. And I, I I think I asked. I was like, oh, hey, you have a Surface. Because I used to have a Surface, actually, um, pretty recently. And then um, and then she like looked at me sheepishly and said, oh, no, it's my work, work laptop. Yeah. So. <laughs> But it was kind of weird because she like looked at she like said it like almost like oh yeah like I'm not supposed to have this I know <laughs> oh wow no no we don't have a we don't have anything against Windows machines yeah. <laughs> so funny I'm not supposed to have this yeah. <laughs> I don't know if she actually felt that way but that's the vibe I was getting yeah I mean for the record I used to own a Surface actually yeah I forgot about that I I had a Surface for a while it just got mm-hmm. um it got stolen at IT in Alameda though oh man oh, oh, sad, I didn't, I didn't replace I didn't end up replacing it so mm-hmm. yeah yeah um but I guess okay well. A lot, a lot of us have Macs, so why, why is that, I guess? You know, actually, um, when I was in high school, because in Nigeria, like, Apple products are just, like, high-end. Like, that's, like, top-tier mm. um, prestige products. So mm. pretty much no one had Apple pro- products except really, like, wealthy or well-off people. So all my friends and I, we, like, we called anyone who had, like, Apple products, like, basically, like, snobs. Mm. And we're like, oh, like, yeah, wow. these sellouts. Apple like, snobs. Apple snobs, yeah, exactly. Dang. Yeah, yeah, so you, everyone has to have, like, you know, like, anything you have has to be, like, Windows or Android and stuff like that. And um, so I, for the longest time, I tried to hold out. So I came to America and stuff, and I just only had an Android. Um, I had this $500 Windows laptop I bought at the start of college. And then um, over time, like... In some way, it just kind of became like a little bit harder because most people I knew had like Apple products, and then one year my laptop gave out. I, I literally could not like um, use it for more than five minutes unplugged <laughs> without without it like breaking down. But my friends and Max never had those types of issues. So like in in this, in this period of like a year, I changed like all my stuff from like Windows and Android to to Apple. So you sold out. I sold out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt so embarrassed, Dang. actually, at first. I, 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 I didn't tell my friends for a while. I was like, oh, man, they're going to make fun of me. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. interesting. But have you told them now? I haven't told them yet. <laughs> well, if they're listening to this, they're going to know. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, we, we don't want to out you like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's that's interesting though because I, I do think that maybe the tension behind if if anyone ever has this question, I mean, I know we just made these up, but like, um, but Agape was sharing with me earlier that like he did kind of think about that when he first mm-hmm. came because you know like Apple products are expensive, right? And like, and I think that was especially the case like when Agape was in college, when I was in college, like you know, I, I when I came into college, I had a Windows too actually, so I, I had mm-hmm. a Windows laptop and um, I had never used a Mac before actually, so like. So I, all I was knew was Windows. I, I kind of looked down on Mac users too because I, I heard everything. Like I was into customizing your laptop, and I remember in high school I had like this like old HP laptop that I would like open up and I would replace the RAM. Oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, dude! Yeah. Now I got four gigs of RAM. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> like that was like crazy back oh, then. I remember doing that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was so fun. Yeah, like yeah. and so that was a part of like my hobby. Like kind of really into computers and things like that. 
And then I had this campus job um, where uh, on the at the Berkeley campus where they issued Macs to everyone. And so then there I got to use Macs for the first time. And then just to be honest, I just fell in love because just <laughs> I was like, this is just better. <laughs> yeah. And then the Macs, I don't know, at that time, especially like uh, Macs were more expensive. And I remember kind of saving up and then I, I got some scholarship money and then I, and I bought a Mac and I actually ended up using that computer for like 10 years. Mm. So, um, so in some ways I felt like it was, it was worth the money. Mm. Yeah. But there's definitely, um, there's definitely a holdouts at our church. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> yep. among the, among the pastors it's funny. Like there's, there's a, there's a couple who, who still are, are very loyal Windows users and, and um, whenever we're together, there's always the Mac versus Windows debate as, <laughs> as we all kind of share about the latest tools that we're using and things to kind of our workflow and stuff like that. But then the couple of Windows users can't really be part of that discussion. <laughs> so they have their own discussion. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. <laughs> nice. Any last comments on that before we move on? The one reason Macs are, or one, one sort of church-related reason why Macs are awesome is when we went to Cambodia, when we're like, or if you're on a mission trip, but this was in Cambodia where we had no Wi-Fi, we just had our laptops, and we needed to send files to one another. And if you don't have like a hard drive or anything like that, Mac has this thing called AirDrop. And AirDrop is incredible. You don't need Wi-Fi. You just have two Macs and you can send files, whatever size. It's awesome. And it's super fast. Like so I, fast. I talked about being an Android holdout before, and to do cross-device transfers on Android wirelessly, you have to use Bluetooth. And yeah. it, it literally just takes like forever to transfer yeah. anything. So AirDrop was so revolutionary to me. Like the cross device yeah. synergy with Apple is, is pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. The ironic thing is that AirDrop uses Bluetooth. Oh, I know, but like Bluetooth <laughs> over Android, I mean, is like super slow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why it's, it's faster with Apple, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Oh, man. But yeah, AirDrop is not a reason to get a Mac. So. No, no, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. Yeah. All right, let's move on. All right, so the next question here says, why do Grace Point people only hang out with each other? Mm. Yeah, man. Why are you only hanging out with each other? Because you don't have friends. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> We're friends. <laughs> man, how come you don't hang out with anyone else besides us? Yeah. What do you guys think about this? Yeah, um, I thought about this uh, when I was, I was in college, um, primarily because as I was trying to get integrated into church community after becoming Christian. Um, in, in some ways there was just like a lot of, a lot of things going on at church that I wanted to be a part of because I wanted to like grow my faith and try different things out, like um, do different things to try to grow my like identity as a minister, go on mission trips and stuff like that. And the result was that um, as I was learning all these things and doing this type of stuff during my time in college, I wasn't spending as much time with my friends as I was before I'd become Christian. So initially I felt like, oh man, I'm kind of missing out on hanging out with my friends outside of church. And I was kind of like fearful of them kind of viewing and ostracizing me. Oh, this guy all of a sudden, like this thing about his life changed and he doesn't care about us anymore. So I kind of felt like, oh, like I can't be the only one kind of feeling this type of experience, but it doesn't seem like every, anyone else really spends a lot of time with people outside of, of church. Um, yeah, so I, I thought about that for for a while, but I think as I graduated from college, I think that kind of like showed me more of a reason why that was beginning to take place when I was an undergrad. It's, uh, I think it primarily has to do with the fact that um, as I kind of chose what I wanted my life to be about going forward after I became Christian, 
the natural result of that was that um, it, my life would naturally diverge from those who didn't want like the same thing. And I think um, during college, it was kind of hard to see how big the disparity was because we're all kind of doing the same stuff, going to school and trying to graduate and stuff like that. But once you left college and we, you know, we have a finite amount of time, me wanting my life to be about like doing ministry and serving God alongside other Christians um, and then not wanting to do that, like yeah, our lives are so different now. So I think I was starting to feel that a little bit more in college. Um, I think that kind of explains a little bit about like, <clears throat> yeah, why like we want, might not hang out as much because our values are so different. But not to say I don't still keep in touch with them though. Like I still keep in touch with a lot of my friends from college and, mm-hmm. and before. Um, but I think it's it does feel a little bit different now or a lot different now because what I want my life to be about is so different from what their life is about currently. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So yeah, because... Yeah, I mean, the way, way this was worded, right, it's sort of a straw man because, you know, the question is not really why do they only hang out with each other, right? I mean, mm-hmm. cause, I mean, obviously, we hang out with other people too, right? But it's sort of the the frequency or the kind of like, oh, man, there really seems to be an emphasis on like hanging out with fellow Grace Point people or fellow church people. And like maybe it starts to feel like this like ingrown thing after a while, you know, and, and it's like, is it weird? Is that a weird thing? Or is – but to me, I'm like, well, I think that's actually really good. Like I – like if people if the christians at our church want to hang out with each other and want to be with together that means they love each other that means there's affection Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. that's not a like we could paint that in a bad way but let me let me just like judo that and like let's paint that in a good way like that means people like each other and feel comfortable around each other and like so like i mean that's good right um and so then i think the 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 concern here is that the community would get too insular though and Mm. you know that's where being on mission um Mm -hmm. helps a lot right like i mean i think i think it's not the case that we're always hanging out with each other actually um it might seem that way and i mean we do see each other often right and it's often to read god's word together to pray to meet uh, to strategize and you know occasionally we're also hanging out and having fun but um uh, and, and, and there's, you know, scriptural basis for that, right? Like to not give up meeting together, right? As mm-hmm. is the habit of some. But um, the reality is that we're spending a lot of time, you know, trying to meet people as well that we're trying to reach and minister to, right? Mm-hmm. And so then maybe this question is, you know, it could also be about like, well, what about other friends that you have? And yeah. yeah, and I think those other friends, like like Toph was saying, you do try to keep up with them, right? And then, but then the thing is like, as you get older, like people do diverge, like because people, everyone's busy, like Mm-hmm. Like my, mm-hmm. my high school friends and I, like we used to see each other a lot more in our 20s. But the thing is like everyone's busy now. Like a lot of them are like doctors and lawyers now. Like most of them are married now. Some of them are starting to have kids as well. Like I have a kid and and people have moved to various parts of the country. Like it just is harder to see mm-hmm. each other, right? And so it's not a function of like, oh, like I don't want to see you. No, like I would love to spend time with them actually. And, oh, yeah. and anytime they're in like, you know, I, I whenever we have a chance to catch up, I tell them, hey, if you're in Chicago, come on, like. You know, let me know, you know, even if you have a layover or something, like we'll catch up or whatever. Right? So I don't know. Like, it, um, but I, I do think that for Christians, it is very important for Christians to uh, know how to draw strength from from other Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, and then I think at our church, we have like a very wide network of people. Um, I think if you're really part of actually like a small church where you don't have that many relationships, then it's really necessary for you to connect with other Christians at other churches, too. And, and I think maybe at our church, we don't feel that as much because there's just like hundreds of people that we know mm-hmm. throughout our network already. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So moving on, um, the next one is um, wh- why do people at Grace Point read the ESV? That's, that's interesting. It got me, you wrote this, right? I did, yeah. All right, why, 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 is, why is this? I've never heard this question before, actually. So what, what is the question behind this? Well, I guess for me, um, when I 
started coming to our church in college, um, I, I was like, oh, it's interesting. They're not reading NIV because that's what I was used to growing up. Like all like 18 years of my life, we used uh, NIV. And then, and then I heard other staff telling me, oh, we used to read NIV too, but now we're in ESV. So, um, and then I, I heard an explanation back then. and I don't really remember it now. So as we were having this discussion and um, thinking about this topic, I uh, just brought this question up. Yeah. Oh, so you're just like literally curious. Yeah, it's a, it's a little hard for me to kind of articulate why, why our yeah, church yeah, I see, I uses see. that now. So, yeah, yeah it's a genuine question. Um, well, for me, I guess I, I've always read ESV. I just, like the first church I went to in high school, that youth group, it, they were ESV. This church was ESV. I guess it's all, that's all I knew. I, that's, that's why I'm on ESV, I guess. Oh, interesting. Okay. So a lot of, um, a lot of churches in our denomination read ESV. I think the popular uh, translations that are used in, uh, you know, kind of our, our circle of Christianity is like NIV, ESV, and uh, and then in, in Southern Baptist circles, I guess the CSB is kind of popular. And um, yeah, and then there's a, there's a variety of other ones. So it, we just got to choose one. So I think that's that's sort of what it is. You know, the ESV is... You know, it's a pretty good translation. It's got a lot of the most recent scholarship. And, and then it's it's more of the word-for-word uh, word, uh, style of translation, which is good for study, mm-hmm. right? Because generally it, it tends to use the same English translation. Like it, it, it tries to be pretty disciplined about using the same translation when that word comes up again, um, or, you know, in, in the original Greek where the original Hebrew comes up. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not 100% true. I mean, they have things where it's, it's different too, but... Yeah, I, I don't I don't think there's like a really lengthy explanation for this. Mm. Yeah, it is, it is just sort of what we do. And I know that some churches are kind of a lot more fluid, like in terms of like, oh, just whatever. Um, like, uh, so I, I know some churches, they'll like, even the, the preacher, like in the same sermon, they'll, you know, switch from ESV to NIV to NLT to whatever. And like, just kind of whatever. And I actually, I occasionally do that too. When I feel like a, a particular translation is more helpful, then I'll switch it like in my message. But it's true that like 99% of the time we, we read ESV, like everyone mm-hmm. does everything from ESV. I think the benefit of that, of, of just having something that's synchronized is that everyone uses the same language, right? Like, um, and everyone kind of uses the same wording and you memorize the same wording and there's power to that. When, when everyone speaks the exact same phrasing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, I think that's one of the benefits of all reading ESV. Yeah, and so that's not particularly the, to the ESV though, right? It's just mm-hmm. kind of the whole issue of, as a church, just deciding to, let's use this as our default text. Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay, cool. So the next question is, why, why are there so many CS majors at Grace Point? Yeah, so CS is, um, CS is computer science, um, and there are a lot of computer science majors, a lot of coders at our church. And the reason is pretty simple. It's because it's the best major there is. So, mm. yeah, that's about it. Cool. All right. Well, so next question. Um, <laughs> so um, so why do why do people at Grace Point date secretly? Uh, sorry, it's a very uh, jarring shift here, but uh, that's the next one that's written. <laughs> why do people at Grace Point date secretly? And I think what, Agape, we talked about this earlier, and what you mean is mm-hmm. why do people date discreetly? Right, yeah. so it's not that people are like dating secretly. Like people generally like tell each other that they're dating, but it's sort of this idea that you don't tell people, especially mm-hmm. early on, like who you're dating. Yeah, yeah, right. And mm-hmm. and people sometimes kind of find that weird, mm-hmm. right? And then and then sometimes people have this experience of like maybe some students maybe like 
Mm-hmm. You know, maybe actually some students don't find out that their staff, for example, are dating mm-hmm. until like a few months in or something like that, and they're like, "Oh, like, oh, why is that?" Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so um, just to kind of lead into this topic, I I, I learned this um, new term recently. Um, there was this New York Times one mm-hmm. of these like quizzes about like, "Do you know your modern dating terms?" I was like, "Oh, what are these modern dating terms?" And so I like took it and I got like everything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, no, I don't know my modern dating terms, apparently. Right. And one of the terms I learned was soft launch. Do you guys know what soft launch is? I have no Never idea. Heard of soft launch. Yeah, soft launch is apparently so like it's usually on social media when um, people like post a picture or like, you know, it's, it, it signifies that there's a relationship status change. Like oh, oh like they basically started a relationship, but it's oh. very vague. It's like like a blur. It's like, just like a or shoulder or oh. it's like it's a picture of two people holding hand and it's like unclear who it is. And so it's a soft launch because it's like, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. So, wow. so it's sort of like, I was, oh, is this like, that's like discreet data. Yeah, it is. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So that's yeah. the thing that people do nowadays. I guess so. Yeah. Wow. Oh, no. Wow. I, I mean, I don't know how common it is, but oh, okay, they're just okay. saying there's, that's a, ter- a, there's a term, there's a for, term it. for it. Like, oh, okay. like she, like this is, that was a soft launch or whatever. I don't right, know. How, right, right. I don't know how to use it in a sentence. So, <laughs> um, so anyways, um, so why do people do that? Well, I can speak to my own experience. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because um, I, I guess when I went into dating, um, uh, my idea was that like I wanted, I knew that it was going to end either in marriage or we're going to break up. And if we're going to break up, I really wanted that to be as uh, emotionally painless as possible without as much drama. And I knew one of the things uh, to that is like, if people know who we're dating, especially in the earlier stages, and we decide like, hey, it's not going towards marriage and uh, we're not really clicking and we're going to end it. Like, it's a lot easier to end it if nobody really knows who the other person is. And th- there's just, just drama, you know, and, and it's kind of emotionally painful. So I just committed to not telling people until I knew um, that like we're moving towards that direction. So hmm. just personally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that is, that is basically what it is, but kind of if I, if I try to zoom out a little bit from like what you're sharing personally, I think there's a sense in which like people all know, like, you know, you're, you're going on a date to try to figure you're going out. You're, so you're dating to figure out, okay, am I, is this person the right person to marry? Like, you know, like, is this a person I want to spend the rest of my life with? And, and in a lot of cases, like the person you date, you realize actually, no, like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, this person's really cool and, you know, I like them, you know, as a person, but like, I, this is not the person I'm going to get married to. Right. And so then we want to be able to um, end that dating relationship in the kind of least disruptive way as possible, especially because if you're dating within our church, for example, like another well, Grace Point person, uh, like dating another Grace Point person, like both those people want to st- Day at our church, right? And so, like, if but then a phenomenon that happens in a lot of churches is, you know, basically that you know, if two people are dating, everyone knows about it. Like, oh, it's like a big deal. Mm-hmm. Then, like, and then if they break up, it's like really awkward, really mm-hmm. fast, right? Because now, like, now, like you know, like, and and all that, like, all the girls' friends know, like, oh, that you know, that's the ex, mm-hmm. and all the guys too. And so now, like, all these people are off limits, and like, it's just a lot of drama. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then a lot in a, in some cases, like, you know, they can't attend the same church anymore, right? Because it's just too much, and mm-hmm. there's just no more marriage prospects and things like that. And so, I don't know. It's not a perfect solution, but like, that's one of the ways in which I think we've tried to handle that to try to, uh, for the sake of the other person, for the sake of myself, like. You know, kind of withholding or like, you know, because everyone wants to like, you know, when you start dating, you're like, oh, like, I want to tell people like, it's so awesome or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's so fun. Like, 
but then kind of just withholding that impulse until you're both kind of sure this is going in the right direction, right? And then I think people start sharing mm-hmm. about it. So especially after I proposed and she said yes, I literally told everybody. Yeah, everybody could, we couldn't, couldn't get him to, to stop talking. <laughs> it was really like, <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, you're bringing back bad memories for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you know the this other okay. I, I, this is a little bit subtle, but you know I think it also helps with this that because there's kind of a momentum when you start telling people and like and and you know let's say I start dating and it's like oh man I was so like and like oh she's so she's so awesome she's so cute and like you know and then like you're telling everybody and then it's like so suddenly now now everyone's rooting for you. Right, mm-hmm. so then it becomes now. It's going to sound weird, but it's gonna it's gonna become really hard to break that relationship up. Yeah, mm-hmm. but maybe maybe you realize after a few dates, hmm, I don't think this is the right person actually. Mm-hmm. But now you've told everybody, and everyone's rooting for you. So it's actually I I would make the argument that it's actually harder to, um, like kind of think more objectively about mm-hmm. that situation. And and like so again, this is a subtle point. I'm not saying that this is the only reason, but you know, it's kind of this that combined with sort of you know just uh just protecting each other in the co- in the context of a really close community like ours i think mm-hmm. it makes sense for people to kind of be be wary of you know because once you sell, tell people you can't take that back either there's no undo button yep, when it comes yep. to, to telling people so so kind of thinking twice about doing that until you're more ready to talk about it i think is a stance that a lot of people have at our church which mm-hmm. is why then i think people would ask a question like oh how come people seem to date secretly here okay so now related to this is um uh, the way that this was phrased is how come people at Grace Point like don't kiss their spouses? Like I've never seen married people kiss. It's hard to tell that they're married. <laughs> 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 well, there's this little ring on their finger that tells you that they're married, but I guess you don't know to whom is the point mm-hmm. here. So uh, th- that's interesting. Hmm. So what do you guys think about this? Honestly, I would not want to see that. Like, that would just be too much. Yeah, so I, I wanted yeah. to say, like, well, if you want to see it, you can just ask. <laughs> like, could you prove to me that you guys are married? And that's just sad. a little popo, like, just a little popo is fine. Like, <laughs> that's Korean for kiss. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah popo kiss. is Korean for kiss. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I, I get where this is coming from, like, you know, and I think partially it's because may, maybe it's because we're in, uh, started as an Asian church. And so there's sort of a certain level of, I think, more kind of physical modesty when it comes to Asian culture, um, especially if you're like first or 1.5 gen. And then like if you're second gen like me and your your parents were first gen, my parents like never showed physical affection to each other like at home. And and so I, I think I think part of it's that I think part mm-hmm. of it's just like a cultural thing. Because, you know, like I've, I've attended um, like uh, other kind of more multi-ethnic churches or more white churches, um, like, for example, when I was in college, when I was visiting back home and things like that. And I noticed, yeah, people are a lot more affectionate and things like mm-hmm. that um, with their spouses. And, you know, they're like hugged during praise times and like, you know, sway together or whatever. And just like so I, there's a certain culture of that. Like, I, I guess all I'm saying is that there's a there's a variance within the, the Christian world. And so, you know, I don't think this is something that's like we were like, oh. We're just like really against that. Now, I, I do think that there's an element of this that's sort of because we're a college, like it's, for a lot of our locations, we're very college focused. And because for college students, this is such a sensitive and kind of sore spot area. We, we just don't want that to become a di- distraction. Like, cause I, cause I mm-hmm. think it could become a distraction for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if we're trying to become a church where w- when we're gathering people 
um, can really focus on God and his word and what God is trying to say to them, then we would try to remove anything that's distracting. So, um, yeah, that would be sort of my answer to that. Yeah, I would just say that was really personally helpful for me. Yeah, I was, um, I may or may not have been in that position before, you know, being sad and <laughs> down, bad baby. Mm, yeah, you're just kind of a sad puppy that you didn't have a, yeah. a GF back then or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God for Huna. <laughs> God, is, God is good. Amen. 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 God is good. God is good. Yeah. Yeah. So you. So, but you came in, and it was a very like, like kind of flirtation-free kind of like a, a, an environment where you could just focus and and get to know people, and you know, like we we try not to draw attention to that area, you know, of our lives. So. Um, but yeah. yeah, definitely if you want people to show more affection in front of you, you can ask them, I think. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask me because I'm not, I mean, I'll show other types of affection, not, not kissing. <laughs> I just, maybe it's a culture thing like you were saying, but I, yeah. You, just, you wrote this question. <laughs> I did, but I, uh, I'm not going to kiss Marie in front of people. Okay, okay. Yeah, that, that's, that's This all. conversation's getting really weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can share something on this. Um, if, if so, I was, I was going to share this in the dating podcast we did before, but I didn't get a chance to. But um, I personally really struggled with the area of, like, yeah, ro- romance and, like, romantic relationships and stuff in college. So I think when I first became Christian, one of, like, the first thoughts I had... <laughs> Like soon after that, I was I need to find Mrs. Oyebolu like <laughs> ASAP. Like, <laughs> oh, this is like right after he became Christian. Soon, like, probably like a, few, like a few months after, I was like, okay, like, because the group I was going to at the time, um, a lot of people were dating, and it was like very clear who was dating who. So they were very like um, externally like affectionate towards each other. And I was like, oh man, like that looks really nice. Like I I want that too. So like that was on on my mind a lot actually. Like when I go mm. to um, like fellowship gatherings and stuff like that. And when I came to our church initially, um, I noticed that right away that that wasn't really like a thing. Like people, people who were like, were married weren't like doing all, like PDA or anything like that. And I wasn't really sure who was dating who, if, if any students were dating it or anything like that either. So it just kind of felt like, oh wow, like because I'm not seeing a lot of that, like it's not at the forefront of my mind as mm. much. And it's like, oh maybe this is a place I can actually like grow because I can like actually try to grow my relationship with God and other Christians without worrying about like dating and stuff. So mm. that's one thing that actually drew me in initially. And I was like, okay, like yeah, maybe I shouldn't just rush into like trying to find, you know, a wife right away. Maybe I should actually like, you know, become like a functional Christian first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it's there's a lot more to growing in Christian life than finding your 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 perfect wife mm-hmm. or your perfect husband, and although that is a huge part of it, which you know we've been doing those uh, the dating podcast, which I know we haven't released the sisters one yet because we haven't been able to record them because people started getting sick. So, anyways, that's my mm. that's my I'm just like throwing my excuse out there right now, but <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, all right, so now. Um, Kind of circling back, okay. Our last thing is, um, so we, we aren't going to ignore the CS question, okay? So, like, I know we just moved on earlier, but <laughs> All right, so coming back to that, okay, coming back to the okay, so why, why are there so many? Like, I know I've actually gotten this question, like, be like, do you have to be a computer science, like, you have to be a software engineer to like be at this church or to serve at this church? It seems like everyone is, like, like what's up with that, like, you know, like. So what do you guys think about that? I mean, not that you guys are all CS majors, actually, right? Because Toph, you're, you're in finance and, mm-hmm. 
I guess it got you're sort of in like IT, mm-hmm. but it's not really. I mean, you were CS, but cognitive science. You were cognitive science, and mm-hmm. so you love to make that joke. I'm just not gonna let you do it. <laughs> okay, so I'm just gonna make you just say it plainly that you were just cog side. So, um, so, yes. <laughs> so, but like, so, but it is common. So, how do how do you guys think about that? Like, or, you know, what what's your explanation for what, what's what's going on there? I think the explanation I'd give is that like a lot of our church is doing a lot of our church does college ministry. So we meet up with, you know, whenever we can, we go to campus, we, we meet up with college students, we, you know, we, we talked with, we meet up with people and we, you know, like we do outreach and we try to, you know, meet new students and things like that. And, and college, like schedules for college students are like all over the place because, well, for whatever reason that is, right? And so like just being a CS major who works remotely, just the, just the job flexibility and just like that makes, that makes doing that sort of thing a lot more that makes it makes it a lot easier just to do that sort of thing like to be able to go and and meet students um with a flexible schedule um so i think that's that's a big one um and then also because of church planning like um like as a remote cs um employee um i was able to it was it was very flexible for me to be able to move over to philly when i moved over to philly and then to move to chicago when i uh, got engaged like um, the fact that i had a remote job made all of that a lot easier so you are saying that you should be CS. I'm just saying it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> my my explanation to the CS thing is actually just a lot more like situational because like our most of our church still like most of our team members, postgrad team members are from Berkeley. Like, you know, I know that's increasingly not the case, but like mm-hmm. Berkeley, Bay Area, like that's the job to get. Like, I mean, I, I think our church roughly reflects actually the the maybe the the majors uh, at Berkeley actually like because CS is just like by far the biggest major I think so mm. so I don't know like and and then and then and then so even people not at our church in the Bay Area like you know even if you're like an English major like people get jobs in CS like so it's just that's just like it's just sort of what it's like over there mm-hmm. right and so I think that's actually where a lot of it stemmed yeah right and then so then what happens is people hear stories like what Genji said. Mm-hmm. Right, because you'll hear stuff like that. You'll hear like you know Genji and you know, the hundreds of other software engineers at our church be like, "Oh man, it's so awesome! Like to have such a flexible job, and you know, and and it is very conducive for ministry, right?" And so mm-hmm. then, so then it's it's sort of like people look at that. Like I, I have a lot of friends, even my in, my in my peer class, who you know they started as something else, right? They started as an engineer, like just a just more straight up engineer, or yeah. you know they started as a teacher or something like that, and then. And then, you know, they really enjoyed that. Like that was, that was like one of their passions. And then like, as they kind of did more ministry, they, the ministry started to become a passion in their life. Right. Mm. And then, and then at a certain point they wanted, to, oh man, like, actually I wish I could do more ministry. Right. And, and so then, so then they look around, they're like, huh, like, I, I kind of wish I had a job situation like that guy, like, like that Genji guy over there. And then, <laughs> hmm. and then like some of them end up doing like coding bootcamp and then like, mm-hmm. and then they end up getting software engineering jobs. Right. Yeah. And so then, and then. And so then they're happy because they make like twice as much as they did before and then work, work half the hours. Or something <laughs> like that, right? so, then, so then they're happy and then now they get to do ministry and so everything's great. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like that has happened mm-hmm. enough times at our church where now people just all hear about it. And mm-hmm. so then now it just seems like, oh, that's what you're supposed to do or something. But like, I don't know. I don't know if I would say that's what you're supposed to do. 
But I, I totally get why someone would do that, mm-hmm. right? It's sort of, mm-hmm. it's sort of uh, how I, I would explain it to people. Yeah. Mm. So is it the case that a lot of people at our church, I think like an inordinate, inordinate number of people at our church are CS majors, or even if they weren't CS majors, they are working in a software engineering job right now? Yeah, that's the case. And actually, that was me too, because I was uh, industrial engineering college. But then I basically ended up doing software engineering for my job mm. too. Mm. Right? So, um, and for me, again, it was because that was like, I just liked that job better than the other ones that were available to me in SF. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, anyways, hope, hopefully that's helpful. And I think, I think all of that kind of ties back to sort of, um, I think something that's really important to a lot of us at our church, which is sort of being mission-minded mm-hmm. and um, kind of making our life decisions around um, building the church together, right? So loving God and how we love God is what we love our neighbors. We love one another, Right, first towards the household of God, and then we invite those who are outside the household of God to to come in and and join the joy and the happiness. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think we need to end there. So I don't know if you guys can hear it in the recording, but there's a lot lot of uh, noise and joy happening downstairs right now because you know there's some visitors in town, and I think they're hanging out downstairs. But we're stuck up here in the studio <laughs> and uh, not able to join in the joy. So let's go do that soon. Let's do it. All right, let's All right, do it. Let's All right, go. here we go. Should we do a live outro again? Uh, no, no, no. 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 <laughs> right, no. Don't do that once. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys, for uh, stop, stop it, copy, stop. <laughs> thanks for uh, uh, listening to Deep Pod. As as per usual, if you have any questions, leave it on the form. All right, see you guys later. Bye, y'all. Uh...